You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com All right, welcome to the broadcast, friends. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. Once again, I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you live on this Wednesday evening for you back in North America, Thursday afternoon for me here in Japan. So once again, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning in for tonight's conversation. And tonight we're going to be talking to someone, once again, in my home and native land of Canada. We're going to be talking to Richard Heathen, who is on YouTube.com slash DeathMetalPatriot, where you can find many of his interviews and videos, including the trailer for his forthcoming uh, documentary, Hidden Influence, talking about NGOs, foundations, and how Agenda 21 is destroying the sovereignty of your nation and mine, wherever you might be listening to me in the world. So it's a great honor to have him on the program to talk about this research. Uh, Richard Heathen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, James. The reason I wanted to be on your show tonight was I need to expose Agenda 21 here in Canada. Most people don't have any kind of understanding about how Agenda 21 is systemically remo- removing our property rights as individuals. We, I wanted to come on here to talk about, to sound the alarm, because we are in deep trouble, sir. We are in deep trouble. Uh, i like to start, because I'm personally in from Alberta. I will start talking about uh, Alberta and what's going on here. Uh, basically, our premier, uh, Alison Redford, who is a Bilderberg attendee, has decided to move forward with uh, legislation, like specifically, there's a group of bills, but the, the bill I'm specifically worried about is called, uh, is Bill 36, the Land Stewardship Act. Uh, basically, this act ta- uh, takes away your, your property rights as an individual. It basically says that the government can seize your land and do whatever it wants with it uh, without compensation or appeal. That is only one of these bills. It's the most severe, but there's also a Bill 50, which, excuse me, is a something like a $16 billion overbuild of the, of the uh, excuse me, uh, power, the, the, line, the power lines, the, the energy network, so which will greatly increase the cost of energy here in Alberta. The Pretty much every company associated with it has opposed it, except like companies like New Alta, which are actually benefiting from this, this overbuild of the grid. They also, they also have like decided that they will take away their porous rights under under your land. This is another bill. Uh, I think it's 16. Because that... that in a, let me explain. In Canada, you don't have mineral rights like you do in other countries like the United States. But you still have everything under your, uh, under your ground. They say six feet, but that's actually not true. I was listening to a lawyer named Keith Wilson talk about this. And basically, you own everything under the sort of court. Yeah, not... That that's excluding like mineral rights, but they're also taking away the poorest states because they porous spaces, excuse me, because they want to store carbon there, and it's it, it's ridiculous. It is it is basically a top down control of our uh, destruction of our property rights, and what Agenda Twenty One really is is the inventory and control of all natural resources. But beyond that, it's also a regular. Regulation of every aspect of human behavior. Well, let me under 
because in, in Ontario they're they are passing up they pass legislation where they, they create these uh, excuse me uh, delegated administrative authorities where they basically have as much control over everything as much as they want. They can basically. How do I say this? Okay, well, let's hold on. Let's collect our thoughts for a second. We're going to go on to a break. We're just starting out, so that's one hell of an intro to tonight's topic. But we're going to be getting further into Agenda 21 and how it's affecting you in Canada and uh, wherever you might be around the world, because, of course, this is part of a global agenda. So let's take a short time out, and we'll be right back once again talking to Richard Heathen here on Corbett Report Radio. All right, welcome back to the broadcast, friends. You are tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on RepublicBroadcasting.org. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Tonight we're talking to Richard Heathen, who is a documentary filmmaker who's currently working on a documentary called Hidden Influence. About the roles that tax-exempt foundations play in shaping our society, he's also doing a lot of research on Agenda 21 and some of the legislation that's coming down to really limit our freedoms, including our property rights. And he was getting into that in the first segment, but there's a lot of information to get through. So, Richard, let's let's backtrack and start breaking this down. I mean, let's start looking at this from the bigger picture before we get into the specific details. For people who don't even know what Agenda 21 is, perhaps you can go over what the agenda is and uh, where it where it's all coming from. Well, Agenda 21 is a... Uh it's a agenda, it's a plan to inventory and control all of the world's resources and also regulate pretty much every aspect of our lives. It was started, it, it was assembled at the Rio uh, conference in 1992 uh, by Maurice Strong and other globalist types. I think this is a tie, this is like a, uh, almost like a melding or a coming together of, of very different groups. It's you, on the one hand you have like the globalists, the one world elitists who use this as a a tool to create their one world government, like the Rockefellers and all these other types. But on the other hand, you also have what I would call useful idiots, like Marxists, uh, activists of all of all varieties who want to you know who don't like our free enterprise system, who don't who sees some sort of, uh, how you say, oppression in the idea that every person is responsible for their own destiny. And now I'm not saying that we are a perfect example of a free society. Dear God, no. But the fact is, they have an inherent dislike of what I, to me, capitalism, and I want to define our terms. To me, capitalism simply is the voluntary exchange of goods and services between individuals. To me, that is what I consider capitalism. And so, yeah, that is where Agenda 21 comes from, and it's been growing throughout the years. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, how familiar you are with Canadian uh, politics these days, but you know Elizabeth May, leader of the Green Party. She, she, well, uh, back in the 90s, she was very, uh, very tied up with environmental NGOs and yet still worked for different segments of the government. It was interesting because depending on the day, she one day she could be petitioning the government and attacking it, and the other day she, she could be representing the government. And this is how it works. Like, she worked for a NGO, I think, called Friends of the Earth, and it got money from 
uh, CIDA, which is the Canadian International Development Agency. And these NGOs, they get money from, uh, from the Canadian government and, but they also, also, uh, play a part in advising the government. For instance, in, in 2008, the government was, uh, the, gov- the government passed a law called uh, the Sustainable, Sustainable Development Act, I believe, and in it, it says that the, the, the advisory board will be taken part, will, will be have, excuse me, will have certain environmental NGOs on it. So here you have an, uh, a, you have a situation where the government's giving money to NGOs and they're also taking their advice on things. Now, what's interesting is Maurice Strong, I'm sure you're familiar with Maurice Strong, the billionaire who's made his money in, he made his money in the oil industry, but he also is a power broker. He basically, he decided that he wanted influence, so he he created, and this is a, a direct quote from investigative reporter Elaine Dewar. She talked to him, and, to, and basically he admitted to having a network, basically that he created based on influence and control. And he's like, "Oh, what I've never heard it. I never heard it defined that way." But he created. He he worked through Power Corporation in Canada and various government uh, appointments in in the Canadian government. Much of it during the Trudeau administration, I believe. And, but he also was, of course, was Secretary General of the UN during the, uh, the Rio conference, which was in 92, where, of course, Agenda 21 was created. And he, he actually said something, I, I, you'll have to forgive me, I cannot remember the exact quote right now, but it's easy to find. He basically said that the, the westernized world has contributed to environmental degradation, degradation through our consumption habits, which include meat eating, uh, single family dwellings, uh, fast convenience food, uh, air, like home and workplace air conditioning, and basically our very way of life, he finds appalling. He doesn't want commoners like you and I to enjoy simple conveniences. Instead of trying to raise everyone else up, he would like to bring everyone else down. Right. So yeah, the, the leveling oh, out of the system from from uh, the standards that we're enjoying and trying to raise people up to that to bringing it down to the third world squalor as if that's somehow going to be an improvement for society. And unfortunately, that's part of the deindustrialization that very much underlies this agenda and uh, has been unfolding at least since the Rio conference in '92. And of course, we just had the Rio Plus Twenty conference to uh, at least have some sort of show of reaffirming all of those values that were put forth in the original conference. But let's well, let's take. Go ahead. Well, you mentioned Rio Plus 20, and I just want to uh, tell you what my sources are telling me. Basically, what I'm hearing is that although the Rio Plus 20 conference is sold as, as some great failure, because you'll hear some, well, they didn't, they didn't really, we, the governments couldn't come to uh, any agreement. And I've read a couple of the draft, well, not even the drafts, but some of the uh, documents and uh, comments coming out of Rio Plus 20. And they said, well, even though we couldn't uh, get uh, we couldn't get these uh, commitments that we wanted. We're going to keep on working through, uh, the, through the local level because that's where we're having the most success. So that's one thing I've heard. Another thing I've heard is through, because that's what I've seen directly on the Rio Plus 20, one of their numerous websites. What I've been hearing indirectly, though, was that this actually was a great success because the 
point of this was to bring NGOs and corporations together. And that's what it did. That is what it did. It, it actually brought these, these environmental NGOs and these corporations who want this, quote-unquote, sustainable development together. And you have to understand, sustainable development really is just a catch-all phrase for the regulatory, regula- excuse me, regulation and control of all human interactions, not to mention the inventory and control of all, hum- of all resources. You have to understand that. That's the big thing. It's the resources. Now, I, I'd like to move on to, uh, like I said in the opening segment, here in Alberta, we have the Land Stewardship Act, which is basically, like I said, the government can take your land, do whatever they want with it without, excuse me, without uh, any sort of compensation or appeal. Now, this is very important because all of our Western civilization is built on the idea of property rights. Without property rights, we don't have an economy because people don't feel comfortable. They don't feel like they don't have a vested interest in doing in in outputting things so they can to create like to do anything you know what because property rights it's it's intrinsically part of our economy like if you don't have property rights you don't have anything and that's what that's what agenda 21 is eroding and i want to talk about what a lot of what's going on in ontario because i interviewed a lady named jessica annis and she she has a business called operation pushback now, what she does is she tries to help people fight back against overzealous corporations. Interestingly enough, like part of what I'm talking about in my film is the Suzuki is David Suzuki and the, the influence that these that his foundation, along with others from the states, are funding anti uh, anti industry initiatives here in Canada. Basically, you've got these these the state funding foundations in Canada to oppose Canadian industry. And, like, you got everything from the oil sands. And I don't care whether you think oil sands is good or bad or believe in global warming. We have to understand that these people have an agenda, and they're pushing that agenda. Now, part, part of that agenda is destroy Canadian industry, like various ones. you got global, you want, they, they're trying to take out the oil sands, like I mentioned earlier. They're trying to take out salmon farming. The, da- the David Suzuki Foundation took, like, like about 26 or 27 pages off their website after a lady named Vivian Krauss called them on their misleading articles. They tried to say that that uh, salmon farming was was causing all this health these health problems because of the mercury and then there's sea lice and all this other stuff. And it was blatantly false. And this lady, she called them on it and they without a word, without any sort of word, they removed those pages from their website. Now of course Suzuki, his his daughter came and gave a speech at the Rio conference in nineteen ninety two where Agenda 21 was was taking place. Now, I don't have any proof of this specifically, but I have no doubt that it, that Suzuki helped put put out or form Agenda 21. And he's also, in recent uh, years, called for the jailing of politicians who dare to question the uh, climate science orthodoxy. So I think we understand what kind of totalitarian measures underlie these uh, these principles. And uh, I think it is very much right. It's these players that are out in the open, but still somewhat behind the scenes. And, uh, of course, we're told to look at the politicians and what's happening, happening politically when I think the real action is happening at these international conferences. And as you point out, there's been more of a an approach 
towards making it a local thing and getting mayors on board individually, getting their cities and towns on board individually rather than doing it on a federal level or a national level because there's too much media attention in that regard. But we're coming up against another break, so let's take another short breather here on the program. If anyone uh, has any comments or questions for our guest tonight, you can get in on the conversation 1-800-313-9443 or you can tweet your question to me live on air at Corbett Report. Let's take a short breather and we'll be back right after these messages. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. Once again, I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Tonight we're talking to Richard Heathen, who can be found at YouTube.com slash Death Metal Patriot, where he has a number of videos uh, really going over all sorts of uh, different aspects of the Agenda 21 and uh, the NGOs and Coney 2012 and uh, all sorts of other things. I suggest people check it out. Once again, youtube.com slash deathmetalpatriot, all one word. The link will be in the show notes for tonight's episode at corbettreport.com slash radio. So picking up from where we left off there before the break, Richard, we were talking about the NGOs and people like Suzuki who are behind this and also the, uh, the mayors who are now signing on to this agenda individually. So let's pick up from that point. Well, as far as the local implementation of Agenda 21, uh, it's done through an organization called ICLEI. Now, ICLEI is, uh, has, how do I say this, basically is active in n- numerous countries around the world. Now, for my, for, for my, uh, I just want to give you, give the audience my, uh, limited experience. Now, I went to my city hall, and I was curious because there was a few lists that my city was on and a few lists that it wasn't. Now, I asked them if we were part of ICLEI, and they said, no, we're not officially part of, mem- of ICLEI because I live in a rather small city, 40,000 people, basically. But they, but we'd still do participate in some ICLEI programs. Now, the reason we're not we weren't because I, I, I spoke with our city's uh, sustainable development uh, manager, and she said, well, we didn't have the $35,000 to basically the fee to pay, but they're still participating in Agenda 21 initiatives because what they're doing is they're doing an, a carbon inventory of the entire city. And once they have that inventory done of what we do, about how much carbon we emit, they're going to take steps to try and uh, lessen it. At first, and I asked them how they were going to do that. They said, well, first we'll work at, at, at just the city level, like the, the city, the actual you know organization, and then we'll try and work at in in the actual town, in the actual city, as opposed just to the, uh, I know I guess the city and cities is hard to understand, but basically when you have the city of Grand Prairie, it's basically just the government. But when the, then after they've worked in the government, they'll work on the actual town. Uh, so I asked them that, but they're also taking part in county initiatives, which is a wetlands inventory. Now I asked her about what that meant for property owners, and I, I, I believe that she thought I was some sort of environmental fascist activist because she tried to sell like oh yeah like it's okay we're doing stuff we're doing stuff don't worry i I wanted to i wanted to challenge her on it but i I held myself back so i could simply just listen to what she was saying and basically they're saying they were saying uh yeah they're going to do it a wetlands inventory asking but what does that mean for for 
property owners. And she's like, well, you know, if you want to build on, oh, say, so if you want to build on your property, you have to, you have to get a uh, permit, not to get a, a permit from environment, from the Alberta environment, and then you have to, you have to pay Ducks Unlimited for the, the privilege of developing your own property. But she assured me that, oh, no, no, we're get, they're getting away from doing that. No, they're not going to be doing that much longer. So, yeah, so it's basically an international organization working through local communities to tell people what they can and cannot do with their own property. And this is uh, supposed to benefit the environment how? I mean, clearly th- this is just a, 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 the gloss of environmentalism over top of what is at the base a, a corporate agenda to really take over and, and privatize the sphere of, um, of your own property, which is absolutely unthinkable, but it's happening right now. Well, to me, to me, to me, I believe it's a... Uh, uh, takeover. Well, like, it is corporatist, but it, it's in one way, but another way, it's very, very much communist. Because, like I was mentioning in Ontario, what they're doing in Ontario is they're setting up independent. Bo- well, I shouldn't say independent. They're they're government boards, like unelected bureaucracies that aren't even elect that are excuse me that aren't even that aren't elected, nor are they accountable to the government. And they're they're in fact they're self funded, so they they. They are funded through fees, licenses, and fines. So they have a built-in conflict of interests to chart to max to set up regulations in such a way that they maximize maximize the amount of offenders, so they can cash in on it. And that is to me, this is a mirror of the Soviet system, where unelected bureaucracies can unelected bureaucracies have ultimate control. Now, it's interesting because from what I found here. Like when I was talking to a lady, and she was telling me that, uh, like, they the bureaucracies are getting so so entrenched that if you have any electrical work on your done or on your home done, excuse me, they they charge you a sixty dollar. Well, depending on what it is, but in this instance, it was a sixty dollar fee for for an inspector to come in and inspect the work. Uh, in this particular instance, it was a porch light that was being installed. So they had to, but she had to pay a sixty dollar fee for an inspection that never happened. They they said, "Well, be here between these specific hours." They gave her a three or four hour window, and they never showed. But they still charged her that fee. Surprise, surprise! Yeah, unfortunately, that's how it works. Okay, we're going to take another short break. We have a big long segment coming up to get further into these details. So stay tuned right there. Once again, we're talking to Richard Heathen, and uh, we're talking about Agenda Twenty One. So stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Welcome back to the broadcast, friends. You are tuned into Corbett Report Radio, and tonight we are talking to Richard Heathen, who you can find at youtube.com slash deathmetalpatriot, where you can find many of his videos, interviews, and uh, many documentaries that he's created on a number of the subjects that we're discussing tonight. And tonight we're really trying to drill down on Agenda 21 and how it's affecting people in Alberta specifically, in Canada generally, and people around the world as this starts to roll out in its global implementation. Uh, Richard, just before the break, we were talking about uh, the, the the nature or what's underlying this uh, this Agenda 21, the, the ideology behind it. I used the word corporate. Uh, you countered with the word communist. 
Ultimately, I am of the opinion that these are two sides of the same coin, that they're both collectivist in nature and that the fascists who are really just corporatists and the communists who are uh, are, are collectivists in a broader sense are really working for the same team. And that's uh, ultimately underlied by the bankers who own the whole system and who use that uh, collectivism as an excuse to basically privatize uh, the wealth of the, the world in their own hands in a very, very small sphere, whilst to trying to make it sound like they're doing great things for the society at large. Of course, the corporate corporatists are national socialists, the communists are international socialists, but they're both socialists and collectivists, in my opinion. So so do you agree with that assessment, or do you have a different take on that? Well, it's it, it, 100%. Like, it is the philosophy of collectivism. Now, I'm a libertarian, which basically means I believe in the sovereignty of the individual. I believe that every person is born free and that no one owns the rights to anything you do. You, no one owns, has a legitimate claim on on the products of your labor. And this is, this is on its basis level, it is collectivism. Now, you, we, can, or we can bicker about the terms communist and corporatist, but the, the fact of the matter is, Anthony, a man named Anthony Sutton did great research into how basically the... The communists, in, in, whether it was communist China or the Soviets, they were all funded and supported by the big, the big tax exempt foundations, the big like families in the United States, like the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, all of that. What, what I, the point I was just trying to make was that the system of Agenda Twenty One top down control mirrors the Soviet system with its local councils of. Uh, unelected bureaucracies. Agreed entirely. And for people who haven't checked out Anthony Sutton's work, uh, you could, of course, check into his seminal works, Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution and Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler, which I think goes to make the point that it's the same people behind both agendas. So, uh, of course, it is that collectivism which uh, which is, is underneath it all. And, of course, now it's going under the name of communitarianism or whatever other labels they want to apply to it. But it's the same idea at base. And I think we know where this is heading. So I, I'm completely in agreement with you that the individuals own the rights to their own labor. No one else has a legitimate claim on that. And the only moral uh, basis for a society is one in which people freely con- conduct transactions and are free to do so without any interference from the outside or any use of uh, coercion or violence. And I think uh, that's a society that when we break it down like that, many people want. But for some reason, people are uh, led along the garden path by all of this political rhetoric about sustainability and other uh, terms that they use to couch all of this. So uh, I, I honestly think that one of the major battlefronts in this fight is the, the political language, the political rhetoric itself. Because even as you explained earlier, sustainable de- development is presented to us as some wonderful thing. But when we actually break down what it is, it turns out to be really the exact opposite of what they're claiming it to be. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the political political language that they use to try to implement this agenda and to make people feel happy about it. Well, if you read Agenda 21, it's full of euphemisms. Now, I I think the understanding of what the term euphemism means really is integral. It's important because a euphemism is basically something that is said to make something sound prettier. Like, they don't... The George W. Bush administration didn't call torture torture. They called it enhance interrogation techniques. That, and that's just, that's a euphemism. It's trying to make something sound prettier than it really is. And if you actually read Agenda 21, it, it's filled with, filled with flowery language about how to do this and how everything. But if you read, like, 
try and just focus on what they're trying to say. Like, especially with the land use issues. They're basically saying that they want to control the use of all land. And that, like, if you read the section of Agenda 21 on land use, it's filled with pretty beautiful flowery euphemisms, but it is basically saying that they want to take control of all the use of the land. And it's the same thing I found in any, any of these globalist documents. If you read, uh, there's one by Julian Huxley. He, uh, he wrote, was it UNESCO and its purpose? He wrote about how flower, and he said, oh, pretty, oh, it'll be good, it'll be great. But basically what he was saying was that it, that it that they should that UNESCO should use its influence to create a world government and 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 basically bring well brainwash or condition people to accept it and that it should be based on eugenics. Now this to me it's not just but here's what other thing I want to add I don't think it's just philosophy I think it is or excuse me I don't think it's just political language but it's philosophy it's the very underlining philosophy and this is why. I don't, uh, I don't really, I have a problem with, with, uh, a lot of the politically active people, like the Occupy, especially the Occupy types, because here's the deal. Our, our society was built on people who worked very, very hard. And, and, like, they bled and sweat and did anything they had to do to create their life. Like, our grand, our ancestors, our grandfathers and grandmothers who built this land, they worked hard, and they worked hard, and and people don't seem to be willing to do that nowadays. Yes, you can achieve if you want to, but the thing is, you're gonna have to work for it, folks. You're, you're not the, to ask the government to provide for you is the height of laziness. It's the height of laziness, and I I'm not gonna say I'm the most work a guy, hard working guy in the world, but I'm not sitting here expecting the government to do things for me. If you want to achieve, you 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 can do it, and it, I'm. I'm saying it's easy in this day and age, especially with the the, the corporatists and all the, all the problems that are going on. But if we would just stop going to the government for he- like expecting them to provide for us and get on the get on with doing it ourselves, we'd be a lot further ahead, I think. But Richard, as Obama told us recently, if you have a business that's doing well, it's not because you did well; it's because uh, it, it, the government helped you do it. <laughs> Well, I dare you to tell that any to any of the, the small business owners I know who's worked day and night to make sure their 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 business succeeds. And I live in Alberta, and Alberta is very economically prosperous. But even in this day and age, where where I'm at, where we are economically prosperous, you have to work hard to get if, to get something. You have to work at it, man. Like you, st- for instance, you you started out as a guy with a. Like, you know, you didn't get to where you are, or the government didn't help you get to where you are, where you have a radio show and uh, thousands of YouTube followers. No, you did this because it's something you believed in, and you worked at it. And that's how it, you, we have to get back to this this idea of achieving for ourselves. And I'm not saying I'm a perfect expression of it, but you have to do it. We have the ability. We have to, we have to believe in ourselves and have enough self-respect and dignity to, to create this for ourselves and to expect and stop I, wanting someone else to do it for us. Because, you know what, I I was guilty in my younger years of being a bit of a socialist. And then it wasn't until I woke into the message of Ron Paul, the message of liberty and, and personal responsibility and personal fulfillment that I understood. I understood what I'm talking about now. I think you're you're exactly right. And uh, as a Canadian, I think you're uh, forgiven for having... Uh, 
given into the socialist uh, brainwashing that we're all subjected to from birth, basically, there in Canada. I think a lot of people are just hardwired into that government, uh, nanny state government mentality there, that uh, the government's there to make everything better and to wipe your nose if you have a runny nose and to, to do whatever they, you know, you, you need. And uh, unfortunately, so many people are ensconced in that mentality. But there is a flowering right now of people realizing that personal responsibility and personal freedom are really the basis for a, a free and just society. So I think things are changing on that point. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about some of the, the research you've been doing on this and some of the people you've been talking to. For example, I know you recently talked to Rosa Corey about Agenda 21. Perhaps you can tell us about that. Oh, I talked to Rosa Corey. She's actually an amazing human being. She is. She knows more about Agenda 21 than anyone ever. Like, she actually... I, I booked my interview with her a week in uh, ways in advance, and she actually took the time to actually get to know the Canadian system, and I actually learned a lot from her. Uh, she's, uh, you know, she talked about all all of it. Like, she talked about the land use issues, and there's another thing I'd like to talk about is the Delphi technique. Now, the Delphi technique is basically... Uh, was started by the Rand Corporation, and it is basically used to go into meetings. Uh, like, because basically, when Agenda Twenty One's first being uh, drawn, like uh, brought out into a community, they, they have the like hardcore, like hardcore. Uh, they will they will have these community meetings, and they will try to uh, basically manipulate people into into supporting whatever is going on in that meeting, whatever they're proposing. And that is a del- that they use very different techniques. They use a lot of times if you don't like they don't they don't like what you if you don't like what they're proposing, they will try and shame you by saying that oh you you like business as usual, and they will have uh, agents or whoever you want to call it people people in implant shills to basically um, like scattered among the group so to to. Try and promote that. Oh, well, this is a good thing. This is what you want, and uh, yeah. So that—that is—that was my interview with Rosa Corey. Another excellent, excellent person I interviewed was Jessica Annis. Like I, I mentioned her earlier, but she she has a business called Operation Pushback, where she actually fights back against this, and it, she she's had a various uh, various levels of success. But she works hard, and she was able to. Give me a lot of information regarding, like, the government of Ontario. For instance, when they can't get, like, all these, they put all these barriers and blockades for people who want to accomplish anything in Ontario. Dalton McGinty, who basically ran the Ontario government into the ground. But basically, they, they can't, when they can't get through the system, they, they bypass, they bypass the regulatory, uh, hurdles and exempt themselves. Such as they did with the the windmills and wind turbines. Here's another interesting thing in Ontario. They the, the, the bureaucrats can come into your home at any time without a warrant for whatever reason. If if you are storing commercial products, now to me, commercial products is a very very vague term. I think at some at some level we all store commercial products, do we not, James? I. Guess so. I I don't know how anyone could not store commercial products, whatever that means. And they also they they've come to the the change. Okay, here's the deal. Even a three, like a five year old or a child, will tell you it's not fair to change the rules in the middle of a game. Well, but that's exactly what they're doing in Ontario. Like if you're applying for a license or some sort of uh, 
anything, like a license or some sort of something where you can do something, they will actually say, they can actually change the law, change the regulations in the middle of your application process. Just and in they, case they, they don't like what you're doing. Exactly. All right. Or well, they don't like who you are. Exactly. Well, unfortunately. Okay. Well, we uh, have a couple of callers on the line, so let's go to the calls, get some comments and questions. So there is a couple of Canadians on the line, actually. So first, let's go to Werner in New Brunswick. Werner, thanks for calling in tonight. Yeah. Good evening, James, and uh, good evening to your guest. Uh, I think uh, here in Canada, and uh, maybe it's not as much in Alberta, but here on, on the East Coast, here in Atlantic Canada, the, the biggest problem is uh, too much bureaucracy. And then uh, I compare uh, the uh, government bureaucracy, I compare it with uh, weeds in the garden. When you've got too many weeds going there, you won't get any, uh, you won't get much of a harvest. That's exactly right. Uh, Richard, what, what's the, the bureaucratic state like in, in Alberta these days? Well, the bureaucrats, you have to understand the nature of the bureaucrats. They don't want prosperity. They don't want success. It's actually in their very nature and in their mandate to oppose these things. They want they, they want a world government agenda. Alison Redford, our premier, she is a former UN bureaucrat. She attended Bilderberg. I actually tried to talk to her on Canada Day, and, and her she had her big, bul- bulky bully of an assistant come and, like, sideline side me, basically took all my attention off towards him while she scuttered away in the background. Now, I have a video of that on YouTube. You have to understand, the bureaucracies, they don't want you to succeed. This is not a good, it's not just, it's not a problem. This, it's not a problem of the system. It is the system's way of weeding you out. They do not want you. They do not want you to succeed. They do not want prosperity. Because prosperity breeds independent people. Independent people breed people who don't want world government, who don't want bureaucratic, top-down, collectivist control. Unfortunately so. All right, thank you for those comments, Werner. Let's move along to Craig in Ontario. Craig, thanks for joining us on the line tonight. Hi, uh, thanks, James, for uh, taking the call. Um, just want to say I was a victim of uh, the Delphi technique here at uh, London, Ontario, University of Western Ontario, about... Um, Oh boy, about say four months back or so, they had a meeting gearing up for the uh, Rio convention. And I was, I saw their technique where they would poll the audience with little stickies and say, you know, write down how we should handle our world's problems and deal with global warming, blah, blah, right? So me and my buddy were there and we put down, you know, get government out of it, let people decide and the market decide for itself on what should be done. Things of this nature. Well, when it came time to pick him up and put the stickies on the board, this little girl that was running it obviously did not do it. So you know they're using the Delphi technique <clears throat> to control the flow of conversation and information, but it's easy to fight. If you do research on how to fight the Delphi technique, no problem whatsoever. So folks, Google it. It's just as easy to defeat it as it is for them to implement it when you're in a meeting situation. But, James, I want to get the, your and your guest perspective on this whole Venus project, which is an offshoot of the whole Zeitgeist movement, which is happening this weekend. I know I've been invited to participate here in London on these Zeitgeist things, but Peter Joseph, the guy behind it, he's real tied in with uh, the Venus project, which is like Agenda 21 on steroids. Yeah, yeah exactly guys. right. Yeah, no, it's a very much a technocratic agenda, and uh, from from my mind, it seems like a nightmare scenario. But Richard, what's your take on Venus Project? Uh, the Venus Project is 
is a 21. It's the same thing. They want the same thing. They want uh, basically top-down control of all the world's resources. Uh, the Venus Project is a Trojan horse coming to try and... Here's the thing. It's what I spoke about earlier. When people want... They want stuff given to them in our society. And like I said, I'm not perfect. I'm not immune. We're all corruptible. We all like stuff. But here's the thing. The Venus Project talks to people who just don't want to work. And <laughs> I can understand it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not judging these people. They think I like doing my job. I don't have a, a beautiful job. But the thing is, they don't... They want everything for free. And... I, while I do kind of understand where they're coming from, society, life doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. I wish I could just tell these people. It does not work like that. If you want something, if you want something worthwhile, if you want freedom, if you want good things, you're going to have to put in effort and do things you might not want to do to get it. And that's just the thing. That's the thing about all these collectivists and all these socialists. You have to understand you don't get anything for free. There's always a price. It's either... And on that note, we're going to have to take a break. We're coming right up against the break. Hang on right there. We'll be right back. Okay, friends, welcome back. We are here in the final few minutes of tonight's edition of Corbett Report Radio. Of course, I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and tonight we've been talking to Richard Heaven, a documentary filmmaker and a researcher in Canada who has a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash deathmetalpatriot where he has a number of interviews, mini documentaries, and uh, even a teaser for his forthcoming documentary, Hidden Influence, uh, which also includes input from yours truly. So, uh, Richard, thank you for doing that. And uh, for anyone out there who hasn't checked out his work, I I certainly hope that you will do so and uh, consider subscribing to his YouTube channel. So, Richard, we only have a few minutes left here. Uh, There's obviously so much information to go through, but any other important points that you want to get across to the listeners tonight? Just that your freedom, your very freedom, our very way of life is being threatened by Agenda 21. Do not be fooled by the pretty slogans of sustainable development. It is slavery. It is actually slavery. The only reason I wanted to talk to you people, come on this radio show and talk to you tonight, was to try and sound the alarm. This is very, very important. This is so important. Please, just look into this stuff. Go to your city councils. If you're a part of it, look at, see if your city is part of Ickley. If it is, work and get it out. Uh, check out Rosa Corey's book, Behind the Green Mask. It has a, a section on how to anti-Delphi a, a meeting. I please, I implore you people, I implore everyone listening to please get involved on the local level. This is a fight for the, for the very soul of our society. And if we don't, if we, if we lay down and do nothing, the collectivists are going to win. The socialists are going to win. The communists, the corporatists, however you want to define it. Because it is, because Agenda 21 really is a melding of all these interests that at, at first look you might think are contradictory, but it's, they're actually the same because they want the same thing. And you have the, 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 the big banks and all the, the big corporations, the Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, and all these people on one side, and then you have the, the communists and all these other people they, who ha, who are running these NGOs that get money from government, and they all want the same thing. And I don't know if the I, I think the useful idiots they don't know what they're signing up for, but it's bad. And we have to have to have to get educated, get informed, and stand up. Because if we don't, we're going to be in real big trouble. Because right now we're in the inventory phase. There's this this plan is about inventory and control. Like I told, like I talked about earlier. 
my city is talking about the inventory phase. Well, after the inventory phase comes the control phase. And after the, when the control phase comes down, that's where we're going to experience real hurt. There, like, oh, I was talking to Jessica Annis earlier today, and she was talking to me about how there's, I have to get my paperwork, but they're charging like a $5,000 per room fee to people who want to build like a com, uh, like a uh, condo or basically any place where people will be living, any residence, they'll charge between a $5,000 or $50,000 fee. And that's supposed to go towards like infrastructure. But instead of actually paying for the infrastructure, they're, they're, they are restricting and rationing the infrastructure. That is that we're not going to be able to live the luxurious lives that we have now because the elites, they, they think we've had it too good for too long. And they don't want us to live the lives we have now. Unfortunately, the uh, the farmers think that the uh, cattle have gotten too fat, and uh, I guess when that happens, it's time for the slaughter in one way or another, whether literally or figuratively, and uh, the slaughter in this case might be in the industrial civilization that uh, our forefathers and foremothers uh, sweat their, their blood, sweat, and tears in order to make happen. So it is incumbent on our generation to, to fight back against this agenda and to do what we can, so I hope that at the very least people are more aware of what's happening because of the work of people like Richard Heathen. So once again, I'll invite you to go and check into his YouTube channel and the work that he's doing there. Again, the links will be in the CorbettReport.com slash radio show notes for tonight's episode. But that's completely uh, the time that we have for tonight. So Richard Heathen, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you, James, for having me on and allowing me to discuss these issues. No, this is very, very important. Uh, we need to take the time and, and fight this because, like James said, our forefathers and our foremothers fought really hard. Okay, I'm afraid we're out of time. That's it for tonight. Thanks, you all, for listening. Thanks, sir.